Okay, folks, it's uh, 8.01 p.m., and you're listening to the Radical Fablatorium on CFMH 107.3 Campus and Community Radio. Now, if you're a longtime keen-eared listener and you're sensing that something is different than it was only moments ago, you're not wrong. This is not the pensive voice of your usual host, John Adam Ian. No, this is Clinton Charlton, and that's because this week in the interview section, we're going to turn the spotlight on our host and find out more about the man behind the microphone, so to speak. So, uh, Jay, welcome to your own show. Thanks for doing this. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Um, so this is what, episode 20, 21, somewhere um, in that? 21. 21. Yeah, let me just double check. Yeah, I think so. 21. 21. Yeah. So you're amassing quite a collection. So let's let's start there. Okay. So what led you to doing a show like this? You know, you're an active musician. Yeah. So why did you want to have a, a show where you focus on the music of others and not something more related to what you do? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Good question. Okay. So I was aware of local FM before, like as I've been living in the city. And I toyed around with um, starting a show and all that and volunteering. Didn't happen. But then I became employed here. Um, so then I got to be here kind of like on a weekly basis. And um, the, the previous manager, who was my manager at the time, obviously, yep. kind of just uh, hinted that if I wanted to do a show, it'd be a great, a great time to do it. And you're an employee of the, of the station anyway. Great. And then um, that kind of coincided with me being like changing some of my philosophies with what I'm looking for in music. And um, that's influenced the playlist and the interviews. And So what, yeah. do you, what do you mean by that? Your philosophies on what you're looking for in music? Well, like if anyone who's listening to the the show might notice, it goes from like maybe you could go to from death metal to yeah, like I've noticed dance this. pop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, some of that stuff, like especially the dancey stuff, I use. I've kind of always enjoyed certain stuff that I was a little bit scared to admit that I, you know, like guilty pleasures a little bit. Yeah, yeah, for and then, sure. And then also that would keep me from like investigating entire genres. And then I just. Um, then I opened it up to that. And then like, I like I always enjoyed, I was kind of like, uh, I would only listen to music. I would always kind of like change what I was playing depending on what, who's in the room. Anyway, I just stopped caring. I was oh. like, I want to hear the playlist. I want to hear. And that's just kind of yeah. yeah. I, I used to think about what CD I'd have in the player before I picked a certain person <laughs> off. And yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 it's exhausting. It's exhausting. It can be fun when it's not, it can be fun when it doesn't become like the way you do it all the time. For sure. You know what I mean? For sure. Yeah. So my introduction to your music was through your collaboration with UK music producer Frequency Creature mm -hmm. on that uh, Across the Sea of Space song. Yeah. Um, cool. how, did, how did that collaboration come to be? Because honestly, you know, when I started looking into your history, I thought, well, this is what you do. Mm -hmm. But I was surprised to find out it, it certainly wasn't. Yeah. So how did that, how did that collaboration happen? That's inter I've kind of forgot that, whole, that song. Oh, it's great. <laughs> even exists. Um, he messed, so did I post or did he post? Someone, it was on Reddit. It was on a subreddit, um, a songwriting subreddit. Okay. On that website, Reddit, an instant message exchange. We started talking on Discord. He sent me an instrumental. He sent me like a drum loop and a piano loop. Um, it was really strange, actually. He sent it to me, and it was a faster. It's that exact loop, but it was like almost double the speed. Okay. And uh, when he bounced down his session, he bounced it down at a different sample rate and a different bit resolution. Okay. And so I loaded in the Pro Tools and it started making these weird, uh, it's funny, I was just telling you I went to audio engineering school. Right, yeah, the only yeah. reason I knew this is I was making these like bit resolution sounds. So I wrote him back asking him if he could, if he could check his session files and he confirmed that, yeah, we are, our two sessions were in different bit, de right, bit yeah. depths and resolutions. So he sent it to me and then I loaded them in and I hit the wrong button and it slowed the speed down on his loops. And okay. I was like, whoa. And then the whole song just, that, and the song just. Got, so a happy accident. Yeah, total happy accident. And then we got someone to sing over top of it. So how did, how did he, why would he reach out to you? Were you posting music on this subreddit? Yeah, it was either he or I would have posted like, hey, does someone want to collab? Oh, I see. One yeah. of those things. Okay. Mm -hmm. yeah. All right. Awesome. Yeah. I've done a few of those and, and they've never been fruitful. So good, okay. good for you. Yeah, that was awesome. You know what? To be honest, he didn't like it at all. Frequency creature. He didn't? No. He was like, uh, it's not, he's like, thanks, but no, like, see you later. Like, Interesting. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I thought it turned out pretty cool. But Yeah, um, I did too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, maybe I'll go check out more of his stuff and yeah, see, actually, see, see what my I don't know much about him either, to be honest. Be, but, but actually, that was a nice little... little um, uh, maybe that's why I didn't remember the song. Okay. It's a nice little taste of reject, you know, being like, oh, well, whatever, I like it. Right, right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah, well, like I say, you know, I was interested to, because uh, you, I was surprised, I should say, because 
your background's in heavier music, right? That's that's where you come from. You cut your teeth in We the Undersigned. Yeah. So that band I knew of because of our mutual friend Andy Stevens. Mm. And if I'm remembering correctly, and bear in mind I'm I'm getting up there, so I may not be, but you guys toured pretty extensively and gave it like an honest to God, like we're gonna go for it. Yeah, we gave it a pretty solid push. So yeah, yeah. What what happened? What 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 uh, what happened with that band? Where, uh, like, how did it how did it end? Yeah, how did it, <laughs> how did that implode? Probably depends which member you talk to. But, I mean, when uh, you look on, you know, you you go look on YouTube and, and things like that, and it's, yeah. you know, there's the videos look pro, the songs yeah. sound pro. You know, I know that you guys gave it a, a go, so I'm kind of curious about what the story of We the Undersigned is. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, we we definitely went pretty hard at it, and we toured Canada a few times. And uh, yeah, we got a couple grants and all that stuff. And we all, it cut, everything kind of like ended at the same, the same time. Like all everything kind that could go wrong kind of okay. went, went wrong all at once. Oh, I mean, you don't have to talk about <laughs> this if you don't want to. <laughs> no, no, no. It's my it's, curiosity. Like I said, any, I, I, the other members probably have different, uh, different. So Andy decided to leave and our, we had drummer issues and then there were some health issues involved. Sure. And then there was like relationships personal relationships breaking down and okay there was it was like it was like a perfect storm of uh of all kinds of of things and then I, I like my i didn't help the thing like i was the manager of that band okay i didn't know that yeah i was the manager and at that point i'd become like the main songwriter too okay and i was definitely like i i became a little heavy-handed i would say probably in my management style in wanting to lead the band not in wanting to lead the band but in like like people, it was agreed upon that like I was the like I probably had the vision, you know. Yeah, sure. Yeah. But like in terms of, uh, I probably tr I probably acted like I wanted help from the other guys, but then I didn't actually delegate any tasks. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. I we, feel like that was probably part of the issue. We have more more in common than uh, than than I even realized. And I used <laughs> to have a band called the Carousels, and it essentially imploded because of my I imposed my dreams or you know my ambition on everybody uh -huh. else's schedule and you know looking back now i hate when that's done to me but you know <laughs> yeah. it uh yeah so you know being young and and ambitious what was the yeah. what was the uh what was the the lifeline on that on that band how many years was that let's see 2006 or 7 2007 maybe to 2011 that's a solid run. Maybe 2006. I can't quite remember. Yeah. That's a solid run. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. It was good. And you were a founding member. Founding member. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Me and uh, a guy named Jason Kwan. Okay. The singer was a founding member too. And the drummer on the recordings, founding <laughs> member as well. Does everybody still make music, do you know? As far as I know, um, I lost touch with the drummer, Chris. Okay. That's one of those regrets, to be honest. I wish I could yeah. kind of patch that up because we kind of had a, we like patched it up and then there was a, when the, there was some miscommunication with another Another okay. member kind of like spread some, spread some lies <clears throat> sure. straight up and kind of yep. destroyed that. So I haven't talked to him since then. But okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Yep. Well, maybe this will be the, uh, yeah, maybe, maybe yeah. this will be the springboard. Yeah, to, man. Uh, if you're listening, uh, Gatza. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Re reach out. He's, yeah. he's, he's ready. Um, do we want to play something from We The yeah, Undersigned? Yeah, yeah. Let people that? hear what they sounded like? Yeah. Great. I'll, I'll throw on a ballad. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> All right. I'll throw on uh, Burning Bodies in the Distance. There's a music video for this one, which we filmed in Fredericton. I watched that video just this morning. Yeah. Okay, perfect. Yeah, it's at a sliding hill there. Yep. And the day we filmed that was like a few days after an ice storm. Oh, shit. The sliding was horrible. Like, it looks fun in the video, but it <laughs> okay. was ter terrifying and painful. It it's was a like, great song. It was, it was brutal. But yeah, this is uh, Burning Bodies in the Distance. Let's 
Addicting to us all The thoughts of sadness like the state of mind Got a vision blinder A shield from what truly matters A matter but the formless I'm alone, man And I live under my own Shredding starts to rise Undersign, and you're listening to 107.3 CFMH Campus and Community Radio. You're listening to the Radical Fabulatorium, and uh, tonight in the hot seat, we have our very own host, Jay Sadler. Hello. Welcome back. <laughs> I'm so, glad to be here. Uh, James and I, or uh, sorry, Jay and I were just uh, chatting uh, while the song was playing, and you were telling me that the, that album was recorded by James Goche in Fredericton. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. Not, not the type of guy that one would normally pick for such a project yeah especially in that era because he had just come he had just finished uh made made upwards by grand theft bus right and he was doing that kind of like fredericton indie pop rock thing how uh was that your first studio experience uh yeah with like an outside producer or engineer yeah Yeah. how did you find it uh it was interesting so i'd have to dig out some memories but so really what happened is he did drums and then i recorded the guitar and bass yeah um as the engineer and andy performed the guitars i performed the bass and then he recorded, James Goche recorded the vocals and did all the mixing and mastering. Okay. Um, so it was an interesting blend of like giving up control to someone. Yeah, yeah. But we, tr- like, I, I don't know, I can't speak for the other guys in the band because like, like I said, I was a little like heavy handed maybe in my yeah, management sure. decisions, but yeah, yeah. I trusted his opinion on, on how things would sound and, and his ears in terms of um, noticing how to like the little catchy aspects because we didn't want to just be pure aggressive metal just to be metal like yeah wanted to like um sneak in some songwriting yeah. hooks and stuff so sure. yeah yeah so it was it was an interesting experience but it was good were you uh were you there for the mixing were you part of the no you weren't no wow that's yeah. that that takes yeah that takes some trust to do that i was there for the drum tracking okay and then yeah i wasn't there for the mixing and we let the vocals just be him and the singer just to kind of do that whole intimate vibe thing yep great and um good for you yeah so so since that band you've been well prolific is probably the the proper word for that with a steady number of projects um we talked uh, a little earlier off air about the uh, mary lied ep in 2013 Mm -hmm. uh, but there's also the full-length ethos pathos logos in 2015 Mm -hmm. several other releases right up to the uh i'd call it indie pop flavored midlife crisis late last year what drives you to keep creating? Um, well, my first soul. So I don't know, actually. <laughs> That's kind of strange. So when I first, when we the Undersign collapsed and then that Mary Light EP came out kind of around the same time. Yeah. And those were both when I was in Mon- living in Montreal. And then I came home. So those both those projects kind of like Mary Light hung in there a little bit through like a long distance writing. Um, okay thing but we never gigged and then i rolled into my own eps just because i guess i thought i had to keep uh creating uh 
for sanity like i always make the joke you know that oh, i i do this because i'm no good at baseball but it's almost <laughs> partially true like yeah you know i found for me it was you know especially when i was younger it's like well my identity is formed by the things that i do you mm -hmm. know and that's why it would be so important to have like the right bands pin on your coat yeah. or that kind of thing so i know for me it was well if i don't do this well who am i you mm -hmm. know a 30 year old dude that works at a call center you know yeah. what i mean like it, mm -hmm. it's, so you know how like, did that was that part of your like just keep creating because this is what i do yeah 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 it was actually yeah and then yeah so i wrote yeah i started writing my own solo music for the first time and then having to record my own vocals and i i absolutely hated it all like i couldn't believe i had to sing or do any of this <clears throat> yeah. stuff with my voice i just despised it but yeah i don't really know why i did those first two like ethos pathos logos and then there's a cup two more before that maybe i can't even remember but yeah i don't know i don't know i don't really know what i did it and then i decided to go back to school um, because my identity too was was really confused really at the time. I was like supposed to be a musician, but the thought of working with other musicians and starting a band again, like because we the Anderson was had imploded in this in my opinion in like a spectacular fashion. <laughs> and so I was like, I can't You felt I overwhelming. I felt overwhelmed. Yeah. yeah. And then I discovered Superior Drummer and Easy Drummer in yeah. Pro Tools. And yeah, I was yeah. like, okay, I can at least write songs and sure. now I have to sing them. But then I actually went, yeah, I went back to school because I, I thought I could just I tried to walk away from it all. Like I even one day I had all my gear posted on Kijiji. Yeah, like you were that far into I it. was that far. And Been then there. no one bought it somehow. Like it was like an entire Pro Tools rig. Right. For like three hundred dollars and my speaker, everything. You just were like, this has to go now. Get it out of here. Yeah. And no one no one bought it, which is amazing. Good. And then I got a job at the pulp mill making pretty good money and then so this is after montreal this is all after montreal yeah so you were in montreal to go to audio and no 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 i just moved there with the band so oh, we get okay. moved there to kind of like make a that was like our next step like okay we oh we're okay. gonna, we're gonna try a little harder and go to montreal and okay i yeah. didn't realize that either okay yeah okay so sorry so you're back you got a job at the pulp Mill. yeah yeah so all that to just say like like yeah so i had a good job money wise and and, and then i just kind of noticed everything was like in the closet like all my gear was packed away and I thought I could walk away from it, and then like I couldn't really. Like I'd replaced writing music with drinking alcohol. Actually. Oh, okay. Yeah. And it got pretty wild. Really, it got pretty. Got into a pretty uh, dangerous, <laughs> dangerous. So self-preservation <laughs> yeah. required it. Yeah. Yeah, I can understand that. Yeah, for sure. Which is okay, you know. Like having struggles with alcohol and stuff, I'm kind of glad it happened. Uh, I mean, I'm sober now, like three years next week. You. Congratulations! So that's a pretty big deal. But that's a great deal. Yeah. Well, that's a, a good segue. So in the liner notes for Midlife Crisis, uh, you speak to some battles with mental health and depression. Uh, and I think it's brave anytime somebody will publicly, uh, you know, in infer that these things happen. Um, the lyrics certainly hint at that as well. Mm -hmm. um, but the overall tone of that record to me feels triumphant and even optimistic in places. And I picked out a couple of lyrics, uh, lines like, I can feel it in my bones and see it in my dreams from Synth or salvation's in a bottle i'll swallow it down these pills help me smile from it pours do you consider yourself an optimist um i would probably go back and forth yeah, yeah i do depends a, on the day yeah it depends on the day and depends what i'm listening to probably like how much what kind of information i've been putting in my head for the last couple of days okay that's <laughs> super fair actually yeah. yeah but um yeah i bounce i used so i'm in a i'm in an optimist upswing for sure okay uh i probably spent most of my life as a cynic um but i think that's because i felt like i was i think i was letting other things control my yeah. life even though i i was like telling myself i was in control but there were still all these decisions i was letting other people make or like sure i was letting the situations make for me okay and yeah. i just kind of like felt powerless about it and then uh, i realized i realized not not everyone's in a situation where they can like get out of that powerless situation but i just decided to to do to try i guess and yeah so triumph yeah 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 i guess well, so yeah well good for you so i feel like i but also like it's nice to be dark in the music because you can like it pours specifically i wrote those lyrics and in a really dark moment walking home from a night shift at the pulp mill sure and uh i kind of wait for those moments to pop in and so i can kind of like squeeze some art out of it sure but um 
walking home from a night shift at the Alt Mill sounds like it just lends itself to that. Yeah, when you're a creative artistic type. Sure. Yeah, there's a lot. And it was like a five minute, it was only like an eight minute walk. Like I could walk to work. So um, sometimes it was a pretty long minute, <laughs> long yeah. eight minute walk and your mind's in a weird spot. Sure. But, yeah. I know for, for me, for writing, if I'm in a really good place in my life where everything's going really well, I find it hard to write. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't want to paint the picture of the tortured artist, but, you know, without some kind of adversity or or something to, you know, fuel it, mm-hmm. um, you know, I struggle with creating songs specifically, you know. Uh, there might be some other art that, that would lend itself to those type of moods, but are you the same sort of person? Do you need something to fuel the writing or can you create at any time if given the chance? So I'm trying to flex that muscle actually of doing it whenever. Yeah. But I'm also trying, I try to bank like feelings. So if I need to like, not just like the memory in my mind, but how it made my body feel. Okay. So if I need to pull from like a physical sensation. Okay. That's just new. That's like within like last year, read a couple books and talked to a couple, I don't know, just people who had different suggestions. Okay. And um, so, and then I also sometimes think about, um, David Lynch, you probably know that director. Absolutely, yeah. He's on, every once in a while. So I don't. I'm not like into his movies much or anything. But my wife will sometimes put on him. She finds his voice entertaining, so she'll put on like little clips of him. And every once in a while, he'll talk about how like he's he makes this weird dark art, but he's actually quite happy. He is, yeah. And he kind of he talks about that better than I could about how finding that balance between like being happy but also um, presenting dark art. Yeah. So I think you can find that balance where, but. If you never face any adversity, that's where I kind of wonder, like, if you never face any adversity and you have no, like, no darkness, like, I have memories I can pull from, but if I didn't have those memories, I don't know how I would feel. Like, I would, yeah, I don't know how my art, I don't know how it would change. Yeah, it's almost like the concept that people as listeners need something that they can relate to. Mm -hmm. And, you know, generally people relate to the things that they struggle with the most, right? The old misery loves company yeah. concept. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a, it's a, it's a weird and mysterious thing. Isn't <laughs> it, it is pretty strange. Yeah. 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 I mean, I love the idea personally of, of, you know, a workshop mentality where it's like, well, no, you know, I, I, I can just write when I need to write. I can sit down with the paper and the pen and it's laziness to think anything else. Mm-hmm. But if I'm being completely honest with myself, I do need those times and i think it's probably true of a lot of creators so i was curious as to yeah you know what your thoughts were on that as well but well i think it's probably yeah or at least the, the creator probably needs like experiences or <clears throat> those experiences probably in your mind too like if you're reading a lot of literature you can take those experiences and turn them into like your own experiences but i think you need to either be out there doing something or there's this really cool book called unlocking creativity by Michael Beinhorn. Okay. He's a producer and I guess an author now, but he talks about going back and forth between like the somatic, like writing from feelings and sensations and the way your body feels, but then also flipping the switch and being like, okay, it's logical. So I need a bridge. Everything feels good. I end on the fifth. Okay. Well, that means I can go to the tonic. Okay. Let's go to the tonic. Okay. Now let's go back into the memory and like feel. Yeah. Okay. You know what I mean? Like I know which notes I'm going to hit. And I find that to be like a, interesting if you can keep that mentality then it's interesting do you use theory a lot in your writing only in that sense really like okay what i just explained like if i have a guitar in my hands i'm i usually try to noodle without paying attention to what i'm doing yeah yeah and just kind of wait for my ear to pick up on something is your process like mine's uh i'll sit down with my guitar and eventually some type of vocal melody will come and I will sing nonsense and then record it and then try to look for things in that nonsense that kind of tell me what the song's about. Is your process similar? Um, it usually starts with the music. Sometimes there's a melody there too, but it's it's usually like, it's usually the chord progression or some little riff um, or even a rhythm pattern. Okay. Like I struggle with lyrics quite a bit. Like I... Okay melodies i can usually find the vocal melody that i enjoy sometimes there's there'll be songs where i just the vocal i'm just i just assume i'll never have a vocal melody and then like two years later yeah yeah it just appears but then the vocal melody is like only a third of the battle in my opinion because then finding syllables and phrasing 100 percent. i i just i uh 
I find it painful, <laughs> the writing lyrics. Actually. Some things just aren't singable. You yeah. Know, and you try to force the, yeah, mm-hmm. same way. And, yeah. the, and, and, and the syllable, yeah, I don't know. I, I Maybe I'm like my own, of course I'm my own worst critic, but um, yeah, I don't know. One of the things that I'm personally trying to get over that kind of plays into that is, you know, seeing my lyric written on the page versus when I actually sing the lyric with the melody in the song. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because I think music is a, is forgiving in that regard where you can use, you know, fewer words and maybe incomplete sentences or even incomplete thoughts to convey an emotion. Mm-hmm. But I struggle with seeing it on the page and going, well, that's just crap. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. Is, is your that's lyrical struggles crap. a similar sort of thing? <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. Cut or yeah. Or sometimes it's like it has to be sometimes it feels like it's too personal. So it's like Oh, that's interesting. Okay. Like no one will relate to it. So like I struggle with this, like it has like I wanted to be honest. Like I can't just sing I can't just I can't invent a scenario completely. Like it always has to relate back to something I've experienced. Okay. So I don't know. <laughs> you, bring, you bring up the concept of of something being too personal, and and I'm sure that the context you were saying it in was you know too personal for you to feel comfortable revealing it. Uh-huh. Do you think? And I, I'll tell you why I bring this up. I, I had a recent criticism from a uh, a show that I played that I share too much. Okay. Uh, you know, I'm very naked with with you know what all. I don't care. I'll yeah. tell you about my life. You know. And, yeah. And uh, so that was a recent criticism, and I thought, well, that's an interesting thing, especially you know I'm a folk singer songwriter, mm-hmm. so you know, especially for that genre, I thought it was an interesting concept. But it got me thinking about, you know, is that a thing? You know, as a listener, can you be uncomfortable with how much is being shared? Yeah. You know, I know you can as a performer. What's your thoughts on that? Yeah. So. Um... So actually, I've been in therapy since I quit alcohol. Okay. And that's something that's come up oversharing. Okay. Um, as just like a topic of like how people, how some people go about their lives. Super and, curious what the what they say about this. Yeah. So I'm kind of like, I kind of like daydream about oversharing to the point where people are like, oh, like everyone's so touched and moved and everyone's like, oh, we're all just human. Like, I love the thought of that kind of yeah. like, you know what I mean? I, I'm more than you know anyone I mean? else I'll ever talk to. Yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um there's like some people have this concept like a stranger or a new acquaintance or a new person like you're opening up to them before they've really even proven to you that they deserve to be that close to you in general right and all now this performing this i'm I'm thinking more of like a one-on-one relationship here but Mm -hmm. um and then also the other person where like you might be thinking like you're sharing this to show the person like you know, I want to connect with you or like, this is my experience with life. But the other person might be, might be like, whoa, whoa, like, why are you putting this on me? Like, sure. You know uh, I mean? as, a, as a burden. As a burden. Right. You know, like, it's like, you feel like you're sharing something, but because it's oversharing, you're actually like putting a burden onto that person. And yeah, it's because you don't really know them that well. Yeah. Like it's, and so I did notice I, I would do that and um, not too much, but I just. As that, a person or as a performer? Uh, so or I don't both. really, I don't haven't really ever performed my solo stuff. So. You haven't? I've never, no. Okay. Never. Yeah. We got to fix that. <laughs> <laughs> I really can't imagine singing in public, to be honest. Really? Yeah. Okay. So, I, yeah. But I, I could probably get there, but um, that was one of the reasons why I actually, just to kind of go off on a tangent here, like, Please do. when I told myself I didn't need to worry about playing live, yeah. I was able to start writing a lot more music again. Interesting. Because I had this like I thought, I, okay, well, I don't want to sing live. I really don't have any interest in singing live. Okay. I mean, I probably would do it if I was in like the right group of people in the band or something. Sure. But then, so that's what I would tell myself. I was like, oh, I, got, I don't want to start a band, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, wait a minute. I mean, painters don't paint live. Like a painter right. just paints their painting and it sits on the wall. So right. why can't I just write music and like, just because I don't want to play live doesn't mean I can't record and put out music. A hundred percent. But that doesn't mean I'm never going to do it. I'm just, you know. One of the... Uh, I, I relate to that a lot. In, in November, I put out a ambient music record. Mm. And it was the first time I'd ever done anything like that publicly. Mm-hmm. But it's you know something I've been doing privately, just playing with sounds my whole life, really. Mm. And I found that to be just the most fulfilling and rewarding thing because I was never going to play it live. Yeah, I never had to really even think about it again. I just put it out into the into the world. So yeah. good on you for having that that the, that concept. Yeah, I, I know the album you're talking about. Actually, it's, it, I. Uh... 
Oh, you. I mean, you're the one. It's a, <laughs> <laughs> that's a great album, and it starts off with a song about Sussex. Thank you. Yes, it does actually. It really does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, okay. at least in the title. At least. No, no, title. that's great. It uh, it really does actually. So speaking of Sussex, uh, mm-hmm. for those that don't know, so you were born and raised in Sussex, but yeah. you've been living in St. John for the past couple uh, of years. Mm-hmm. What what brought you to St. John? Was it time for a change? Limitations in a small town? What what, what brought you to St. John? Yeah, well, so I moved back to Sussex after Montreal. So like Montreal, life imploded, moved home with my folks. Yeah. God bless my parents. Super supportive. Amazing parents. Yeah, you need them. Yeah. Jack and Linda, if you're listening. Great. Whew. Crazy. You raised a good Crazy. boy. Yeah, well, <laughs> so many safety nets, it's really not even fair, I guess. Yeah. Like, but um, much appreciated. Yeah, so then I came to St. John for school. Okay. Um, back, to, I went to MBCC. Yep. And then I was planning on working in Sussex at the mine, but the mine closed while I was in school. Okay. Uh, which was a good thing, I suppose. I mean, I mean, not you know what I mean. Like, good for me because I wasn't. Had I just been employed there for a year, it would have been, and then you lose your job, right? Blah blah. Obviously not. Uh, actually, in some weird sense, probably good for Sussex because it forced the community to uh, sure to shift, and it has changed, and it's a really really interesting town now. Um, anyway, ended up getting a job at the pulp mill, so stayed in St. John. Okay, good for you. Yeah. What was the music scene like in Sussex growing up? Uh, so when I was in. We want to go all the way back to high school when I first started playing. Me and my buddy, we kind of like, we only, we kind of started the music. Like we 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 heard of shows. Like I, I remember stumbling into this show with my buddy Justin, and it was a punk show. Yeah. And it was like um, the Scapegoats. Oh wow. Abolish it. EI. Not yet dead. Maybe. Like four of these old school. Yeah. Hardcore bands and like we were in grade nine or ten and it just blew our minds in multiple ways. Yeah, One yeah. was the fact that there was this happening at all, like, right. like 50 people in this hall. Yeah. The other thing is like in, in their sound checks, we were just starting to play guitar, by the way. Sure. We could hear them riffing like um, Metallica riffs, okay. Master of Puppets and yep, stuff. Yep. And we're like, oh, this is going to be sweet. And then we go in and then like it's a ball of shit. I don't know if you're like- heard, I, I'm heard not your, familiar, no. It's like, um, hard, do you know Hard Charger? Yep. So it's like their early band when they were like oh, teenagers. Okay. So right. really aggressive, crusty punk. Sure. And then they start playing their songs and we're like, what is this garbage? <laughs> like, what, weren't they just playing sick Metallica riffs? Like, I don't right. even, I can't even tell what this is. Yeah. And, uh, but of course, in, a, in that weird way, that like, couldn't get that out of our mind. So then we started playing guitar, formed a band. Me and my buddy Chris Herb started booking shows at Jubilee Hall in Sussex. I knew you were involved with promoting. Okay, yeah. that's amazing. And then that kind of like fueled it from there. Wow. But yeah, that's pretty, that's like 17. Just, I don't really know why we started booking shows, but it just felt like the right thing to do. Yeah. Interesting. So while I was browsing through your band camp over the past week, and I've listened to a lot of your music this week. <laughs> I'm going to uh, see my uh, analytics go. That's right. Yeah, it's, gonna, it's all me, buddy. <laughs> yeah. um, I realized that there's been a notable shift in your sound over the years, and it's it's you know far more eclectic than, and don't be insulted by this, but but then I would have expected. You know, it's uh, there's you're a music lover, and that's clear. Yeah. Um, is midlife crisis indicative of where your music's heading stylistically? Is that a sound you want to pursue more? Yeah, when that album, I think of it as kind of divided in two, like the first four tracks and then the, the, the second four tracks, like the A side, B side. Okay. And which is how the songs were written. The first four I wrote earlier. Yeah. And the next, the, the second half I wrote later. And I feel like those, that's the direction I'd like to go in, like those last four songs. The last four. Yeah, just the mood and the the strangeness of them. Okay. Um, I should, that's, I think that's where the next batch of songs is. Like, I think it's more of that tone, not so much the like indie right. rock or pop, pop uh, punk vibe. Yeah. But I don't really know yet. Cause I, for these new songs, I've, I've kind of purposefully left like half of them bare, like just mm-hmm. chord progression and vocals. Cause I just want to see if like, I just want to see if, other people could how they hear them twist on it yeah interesting uh yeah oh that's great so midlife crisis was produced by don levandier yeah yeah we Um, co-produced it yeah that's uh, co-produced right of course yeah so you know our listeners might be familiar with him as the the front man of motor league yeah um you know and i certainly am as well but also i'm familiar with don because he's uh, very involved with the ecmas you know Mm -hmm. he holds a lot of lectures and the whole bit and and i certainly think of don as a fan and promoter of of east coast uh music yeah how did you and don hook up how did that collaboration come to be 
Yeah, so um, I met him way back in the same, the high school days when we first started booking shows. Yep. He was in a band called the Ditch Pigs. Yes. And we were on the message board Moncton Locals a lot. Okay. So we would hang out there and Giraffe Cycle too. Yeah, was, yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, the Ditch Pigs would come and play our shows in Sussex pretty regularly. Okay. And I just looked up to Don back then as like a, a local, like I was just learning about local music and stuff. And I just liked their music in general. And yeah. then he would also spend the time just to talk to me as like a younger kid. Yeah. And then he would talk to me even over like MSN Messenger. We might have even met on ICQ really. It okay. Might be all wow. the way back. It might have been way back then. Classic. Um, so yeah, that, so that goes way back. That's like 20 years ago. And then with this one, um, when I was slowly getting, oh yeah, yeah, it's great. Okay. I dug out an old demo for a song before I went back to school, before I had like put everything in the closet and became an alcoholic. <laughs> right. Um, and I always liked the riff, even though I knew it wasn't really a finished song, but I just always liked the vibe of it. But I was just like, hey, Don, do you want to, uh, like, would you just lay down guest like vocals on this? Because yep. I knew he was getting into recording. Yep. And he's like, man, why don't you just come up to Moncton here and we'll redo the whole song and then like, I'll just Great. get you to sing it. Anyway, that just started everything. Wow. And then he, again, he was just getting into kind of producing big, like full projects. So yep. I was almost like a guinea pig a little bit because we wrote a grant together for MID. Okay. And um, even if the grant wasn't going to go through, it was going to be kind of like a quid pro quo. Right. Uh, set up. Um, but we did get the grant. And then, yeah, we just, we worked on it here and there over like a year. Amazing. It was awesome. Yeah. The amount of stuff I learned from him is like off the charts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No doubt. Yeah. Even but when we didn't agree on things, it's like just, yeah, it was really, really, really good. When you can disagree on things, is that's where true collaboration comes from. That's amazing. Yeah. Meeting 50 50 is yeah. almost always, even if you can't, like, even if the people in the moment can't like agree to it, you know, but you just like if you have to step back and just let it chill and then, yeah, like meeting 50 50 is almost always the best. Great. Is there a particular track you can point to that we can play that, you know, maybe you, uh, you can think of that had a little more 50-50 uh, collaboration yeah. happening? Well, that first one, um, the one with the weird scent, it's actually pronounced senti because I oh, just sorry. picked some random stupid word. It it's an inside, <laughs> it's an inside joke and no one, it's like the dumbest uh, song title you could possibly imagine. Um, so that song, um, I don't know if people would be that surprised to find out I <laughs> co-produced that song with Dawn. Like it's kind of got like that. That like punk, punk. Uh, why don't Why don't we sound? give it a spin and I'll listen for that. And okay. See if, uh, yeah, I listen with, for it with that ear. Yeah. But this was one of the first songs I developed and came around, and then you know, like he just helped. He guided guided me through some demo vocals, and just kind of like built up my confidence a little bit. And with this, with the, the song, because I, I approached him with these demos with the me vocal melodies were actually on guitar because okay. I was just so uncomfortable and I was so rusty and just. I was just like, here's the vocal melodies, but they were just me playing lead guitar riffs. Yeah. So he, this song was one of those, one of the first ones where there was like, there was a little bit of confidence already there. So he was help, he helped me take it to the next level. Fantastic. And um, yeah, I guess I'll hit play on that one. All right, great. So it's called Senti.
That was Senti off of Midlife Crisis. Uh, great song. So that one was co-produced with Don Levandier. Yeah, yeah, and, and co-written really. Oh, he co-wrote it too. Okay. I think I have my mic muted. Yeah, I think you did. Yeah. Um, so while the uh, while the song was talking, we were um, we were or song while the song was playing, we were talking a bit about. Uh, about different instruments. Yeah. And uh, I found it interesting that you said, uh, I'm a bass player, really. <laughs> yeah. Um, I I play drums, as you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, I play guitar and I play other instruments. And whenever I get into situations, you know, where I feel like I'm overwhelmed or, or uh, you know, I'm out of my league and t- theory talks and these kind of things, I'll just say, well, well I'm a drummer. <laughs> do, you, do you find you do that? For yourself, because the question I gave you was first talking about singing, and then it ended with, I'm a, <laughs> I'm a bass, bass player, player. really. <laughs> do you find that you do that? Um, yeah, I do use that as a safety net. You do, eh? For sure. Yeah. Absolutely. So that is that, would that be the instrument, that, though, that you would say, like, if I have to pin myself down to one instrument, and musician's not a title I can give myself, would you <laughs> say I'm a bass player? Yeah. You would? Yeah. That's an interesting yeah, thing. What uh, else? What else do you play? You play guitar. You play drums. I play. I can like. I can. I can play keyboard in the sense that I can play it enough to like record. You know, in a studio, lay yeah, down you, chords and stuff. You played. I know that uh, a guest played a piano on on one of your records too. But you played piano on on your records as well, right? Uh, yeah. There's some keys. Yeah, the simple simple key parts are me. Yeah. Um. I mean, I have to be honest. Sometimes I'll lay it down on the keyboard, but then once it's in Pro Tools, I'll I'll shift some sure. stuff in MIDI land. But yeah. Um. I know enough to like, and I took some piano lessons and drum lessons and stuff. So I kind of know, I kind of have an idea of what I'm doing, but yeah. 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 I, so it's, it's, it's interesting to hear you answer those because I would give the same sort of answers. Uh, if asked the same question, I do a, a thing you may have checked out before called January through December and yep. I'll write, record and release my own songs. So generally I'll play most of the things on those or I'll have, you know, a friend come on, but generally it's me. Mm-hmm. And so there'll be, you know, multiple instruments and that's because I'm in my, little spare bedroom at my house where I can take all the time I need to figure out the four notes that sounds right or, yeah. you know, or whatever the case may be. But I would be just horrified if somebody said, Oh, you're that guy's a good piano player. You know, I'd be horrified <laughs> because I sure with six months to figure it out or something, <laughs> you know, do you, do you find uh, you struggle with giving yourself label of, you know, pianist or guitarist or those sort of things for yeah. the same reasons? Yeah, yeah, I would I would never yeah, I would struggle to call myself a guitarist ever. I would say I can play guitar. Yep. I have been trying to just tell like say I'm a songwriter. Like I've been just trying to say that to people like, "Oh, what do you do?" "Oh, I'm a songwriter sure. and I work at local FM part-time and I work at Cannabis MB for part-time." Yep. I try to lead with that. And uh again, I, I like we were talking a little bit like, yeah, I hadn't, I hadn't played live and like I kind of felt like I battle I battle imposter syndrome a lot. Um, for that reason for that one of those reasons yeah Yeah. okay and um, but yeah I mean it's kind of like I don't know if we were on the air when I said this but like artists don't paint live so they paint their painting it's on the wall so why can't a songwriter do that so yeah I just try to lead as saying I'm a songwriter just to plant that seed great yeah I think it's I think it's inspiring I think it's great Um, I don't think it's necessary that you do play live (laughs) Um, do you ever feel like you you want to just to say yeah I could do it if I wanted to uh yeah <laughs> yeah yeah probably yeah probably but yeah. it would have to be with the right it would have to be kind of frictionless like it, it would have to be putting together a set or something it it couldn't feel like a job like yeah like we the undersigned sets were so tedious our rehearsal sessions were so tedious and that yeah. was partly on me by my kind of organizational structure but so I so like as I'm saying this, I'm realizing maybe I've never played in a band where the main point of it was to have fun. I'm just okay. I'm just having. I'm thinking out loud right now. Okay, great. <laughs> this, is, that may, this may have just made me realize that I've never been in a band uh, just for the fun of it. So so we the undersigned, or early on, I won't say always, but early on, you had an agenda, you had a plan. Yeah, and so with that came pressures. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, really, a lot of play, and it, it didn't seem like pressure at first. So, I mean, I went to audio engineering school almost completely for the band. Yeah, and then I started working while I was in the school. I started like being a lab assistant on purpose so I could have access to the recording studio. Yeah, and then we would rehearse and record demos from like midnight 
to five in the morning wow. on the weekend. That's a classic when, story. But I'm yeah, always impressed when I hear it. Yeah, yeah, wow. That's how I met Andy, actually. He came up to one of those sessions. Okay. And um, yeah, so that was right out of the gates. Like, actually, we formed the band. I, so me and Jason, the founder, we were watching. We saw Protest the Hero yep. play, actually, right below us in the cafeteria. Um, and then a couple other places. And I can just remember being like, with him being like, he, I think it might have been him who said, wouldn't it be cool if we got to play shows with these guys? And I remember thinking like, yep, we're going to That's play shows happen. with these guys. Yeah, we, didn't even have a band. we hadn't even jammed together yet. Good for you. And then the first show we ever booked was with them. So you've got ambition is not a problem for you. Yeah, well, it wasn't back then. I don't know where I am now, but that's, you know. I don't know. I've had enough conversations <laughs> with you to say, I think you, that's still probably not a problem for you. Well. So what is what is next for you artistically? I mean, I know that uh, you know you have the the this show, which you know, congratulations! I think it's great. I try to listen to every episode. Oh, cool! Um, but but artistically, what is what's what's next for you? What do you intend to do with your music? Uh, with my so I'd like I got an I'm working on some new tunes. There's a produ um I'm weird. The more I talk about it, I feel like the more pressure I put myself. Oh, well, <laughs> don't, myself, don't let you know? me force that on you. Um, but really, I'd like. There's a producer I'd like to work with, and really, the one of the main reasons I would like to work with this producer is that, um, I like I'm in one of those optimistic upswings. So I'd really like. I was trying to think like how could how could I use my music or whatever I am doing to build up the scene in general or promote other people yep. in general, and so I've been trying to. There's this producer out in BC I want to work with, and then okay, part of it's kind of like just a way to to get some people looking out here. I mean, if I'm being honest, because um, New, New Brunswick has so much talent, and there's also a good grant system here that helps with the foundations of songwriting and demos and stuff. Yep. And the, from what I've learned, or what I I mean, I've been out of the game for a while, but when we would tour the country, like other people in other provinces were like, "What? They give you money? Like?" Just the way they get, like the way MID gives money to, to do this. Yeah. yeah, right. And um, it was different back then. I know the system's changed a little bit, but there could, and just with the way that you can interact with um, anyone now with the internet, you know, you, you can do um, remote productions and stuff. Yeah. I just feel like I would like to, whatever I end up doing, I would like to also use it to build up the location in general. Okay, that's not good for you. Do you think you would ever? Because it's what you enjoy, from what I can gather talking to you. Do you think you would ever produce for someone else? Um, yeah. I've I've, I've wrestled with that idea a few times. Um, it would have to be the the right relationship. Cause the right person. Yeah. I understand gear. And I went to audio engineering school, and I like I know the I don't I'm obviously not a super expert. I don't have any credits to my name, so to speak, or whatever. But I understand gear and and how it all works and stuff. But I'm not super interested in it. Like. I'd rather it just kind of be like what you get in the moment is what you got. And um, like, it's more about the feeling than it is about the pressure of. In the performance, you mean? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I just like, if, if, if to just produce something to produce it, I don't think would interest me, but I don't know if that makes any sense. Like I wouldn't solicit myself as a producer to just try to like produce stuff as many as put out as many productions as I can to get credit so people know I'm a producer and right. like you know what I mean I yeah. wouldn't I wouldn't do that but it would be fun to go through that experience I asked the question because you know it's clear that you love treating music like uh like toys you know move arranging instruments and stuff I think I get the impression you love that correct me if I'm wrong but I, I think you do um, but that it comes with pressures because it's your music so I thought well wouldn't yeah. it be interesting if you could do that for someone else where the pressure wasn't there yeah, yeah, it'd probably be a different kind of pressure. Like, sure. I do like what you said is right. I do like I really enjoy spreadsheets too. So that, okay. that probably helps. All right, explain I hate things. spreadsheets. I love but spreadsheets. Yeah, okay. Like, grade nine, I got like 103 in math class. You know? <laughs> okay, just, good for you. Just saying, I'm not, you know, no <laughs> big deal. Amazing. No big deal. <laughs> um, what were we talking about? Um, um, the pressure though would be like. Uh, I don't know if like I'm always worried my taste wouldn't align with the, like the pressure would be to let the artist down like it's always sure. their project so you do need to serve their 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 vision so that's really where the um the beginning of the relationship would be most important and like yeah. as long as things were set out in the beginning sure and uh that relationship was established it would be 
like the, the the best case scenario I could imagine would be like I mean that would be a really fun scenario, but the pressure of like letting other people down, I don't know, be interesting. Yeah, it would be. Yeah. So if somebody wants to hear more of your music, where can they where can they go? Where can they where can they do that? Um, I have a dot com, johnadamian.com. Johnadamian.com. Johnadamian, yeah. J O H N A D A D A M I A N. And your Bandcamp has all kinds of releases on there. Yeah, it's got pretty much everything. And that's under John Adamian as well. Yeah, johnadamian.bandcamp.com. You can get there from your website anyway. Yeah, just go yeah, the dot com just goes to a link tree, so it's just got a list of everything, including like in the link to the show here for interviews and stuff. Awesome. It's been a sincere pleasure to do this, and it was a crazy idea, and I'm glad you were on board for it. <laughs> oh, and, that was fun. And I think it was really great. So, um, you know, good luck to you on your on your music. I, I hope to hear more of it. I hope to be involved in some of it in <laughs> yeah, the future. Thanks. And, uh, you know, why don't we spin something else, uh, you know, sure. whatever you'd like to spin it off of. But, yeah, let's uh, do it. We'll yeah. play something to play it out. I'll play uh, And I'll say anytime you want to come back, too, just let me know. This is fun. Yeah, it is fun. I'll um, be back. Yeah, let's see. I'll play Comatose since I'm a bass player. All right. So the bridge, the bridge in the song Comatose is my favorite part on the entire record. All right. And it involves a five finger bass tapping riff. So I'm just gonna throw that out there. I'm pretty proud of that. All right, all right. <laughs> that's where. So that's where you'll hear the. That's the only part that we, the undersigned, will sneak through on this record. Okay. But um, it's kind of a dark song. But here we go. Comatose, midlife crisis. I guess I should say thanks for listening because it's the end of the show. Oh yeah. Fair thanks enough. for listening, everyone. I'll uh, see you next week. You can check us out at localfm.ca, 107.3 FM. Uh, you can check out me at johnadamian.com. And now I'll thank Clinton for coming and guest hosting. Thanks, Clinton. My Clinton. pleasure, my brother. Thank All you. Right. This is Here fun. we go. Have a good night, everyone.
Shake up.